Hey guys, it's Melissa here from MelissaOatman.com. Welcome to Awaken Your Inner Awesomeness, a daily podcast devoted to spirituality and self-help. If you're new, I want to welcome you. If you're returning, welcome back. So today we have an exciting guest here with us. We have Mr. Joseph DeRoma, and he is actually the head of the Successful Mail for North America and has a very interesting story about how at the start of his life, diversity and adversity actually led to his spiritual journey, which led him to a life of helping others, which, of course, you know, we're all about that on this show. So I'm absolutely thrilled and excited to talk to him today. So welcome, Joseph. Thank you so much for having me, Melissa. I'm excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you, and I cannot wait to hear some of your backstory. I know you were telling me a little bit about it before we um, started this podcast. So why don't you just start by giving us a little bit of background information about who you are and how you took the spiritual path? Oh, that's a great question. I, I always love that question because uh, it, uh, it's, it's just a great topic and uh, a real topic, a real conversation, and I always enjoy that. Um, I would I would say that uh, I was a I was a little crazy man. I was a troubled youth, and uh, you know my parents didn't really know what to do with me. Uh, I I got in quite a bit of trouble with the law as a juvenile, and also into adulthood, and and uh, suffered from alcoholism and drug addiction, with which ran in uh, both sides of my family, and um, you know. By the time I was 14, I was already in my first mental health facility, residential, and uh, was already in um, a residential rehab at 16. Um, I'm a high school dropout, but got my GED and dabbled a little bit in college, but it wasn't really for me. Um, you know, you actually have to sit still for a minute. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> I was incapable of doing that, apparently. Um, but you know, going through all of that, you know, the, the, the lying, the cheating, the stealing, the abuse, the objectification of women, the um, being really a perpetrator of injustice um, led me to enough pain uh, to get to a point where that pain of low living, low integrity exceeded the fear of changing. And, you know, like we were talking about before, I had gotten in trouble one last time uh, at the age of 26, uh, about two months before my son was to be born. And, you know, I had this newfound resolve walking out of, of jail this time. And, uh, you know, I remember talking to my mother and father uh, who actually bailed me out this time, um, which was new. Usually it was like, you need to stay in there because at least then we know you're safe. Um, and, I, I, you know, said I was going to change. I was going to do this. I was going to do that. And, um, you know, I had to go drink one more time um, before I gave it all up. And I woke up in the morning and my girlfriend at the time threw cold water on me. You know, the whole room smelled like Jägermeister. And, uh, and she's like, you know, what are you doing? You just got, you know, a second DUI, you know, she pointed at her stomach and said, this baby's coming in two, two months. What are you doing? And for the first time, um, you know, over those next couple of days, I just thought about what I was going to do. Like I, I thought about doing something different. And 
I, I, I tell everyone this has always been the catalyst for me is that for the first time in my life, I took full responsibility for the results and actions in my life, my behavior. It wasn't any longer the fault of my girlfriend, my parents, my teachers, the cops, or just life in general being so unfair. Um, it was finally like I was, I needed to do something for me. So, you know, I went and got some help um, for my untreated alcoholism and and, you know, before all of the court sanctions and everything started coming down. And I remember um, calling my mom and, and telling her that, uh, that I was making that decision. And she told me that she was proud of me. And I couldn't, and I'm like in Walmart looking for a pregnancy pillow for my girlfriend. And I'm like sobbing, you know, like the hard, like the, you know, like the hard lip. And I remember this lady comes to me and she, this worker, she goes, are you okay? I'm like, I'm fine. I'm just so happy. My mom said she's proud of me. And, you know, cause I hadn't heard that since I was a little kid yeah. because I, my mom is not someone that's going to say she's proud of me unless she is. She's just is high integrity. So it's not like I came from low living, you know? Yeah. Um, and my life began to skyrocket from there. It wasn't easy. Um, I, uh, I didn't have a license for three years and I repaired my life. I got involved with a company where, um, I, I, I started, uh, you know, serving tables, but the biggest change in my life at that moment was number one, I surrendered. And then number two, I got on my knees and I asked for help from something bigger than myself, you know, that I, I call God, but, and it was such a relief, you know, it was like, I didn't have to figure all this out on my own. You know, and I always joke with people that, um, you know, have problems with the, the, the God or their universe thing and say, well, it's real simple. You ain't God. You know what I mean? There is a God and you ain't it. Right. Like that. It's that it's that big. Right. Because we have faith in tons of things. I like when I go out to my car, I have faith it's going to start. You know what I mean? And if it doesn't, I'm like, oh, man, <laughs> you know, um, that is such a good point, too, because that. Uh, we do, we have faith in all kinds of other things. And I don't know about you, but I respect if there are people who don't believe, I respect that it's your right to believe whatever you want. But, um, you know, I would constantly, I would have this one person on my Facebook page, somebody I didn't even really know very well, who if I would say like, oh, prayers going out to someone having surgery, he'd go, and thanks to science for the medical, like, yeah, I believe in science too. Like that's not, mutually exclusive like I, I know there's science too but like would constantly make a point to say and to science and science because he's an avowed atheist and I'm like I dude I respect your beliefs I don't go on your page and say thank God to every post that you make like you can have your beliefs that you want to and uh, the last straw was the other day I posted something about when my grandmother died I pulled a card for her um, for someone else who had lost a lover and they're like, give me a message. And the card said, hello from heaven, your loved ones are fine and in heaven. And I just thought this was an amazing wow. synchronicity and message and beautiful. And he put the laughing emoji 
So, so quickly blocked and unfriended because I'm like, look, it's fine if you want to believe, but don't go on my page and ridicule me for what I believe. But it just brought up that story because you said faith and so many people start where you did. Like, I don't know what there is that's greater than me, but there's something. Yep. And I think that's what a lot of people believe, but I love how you say that you, you kind of took it one day at a time because you said, I don't have to have all of the answers. I love that. I tell that to people all the time. It doesn't mean you have all of the answers. It just means you know that if you just put one step in front of the other, your spiritual team will be there to help guide you to the next steps. And did you find that that's what was happening for you? Yeah. And, you know, I, you know, talking about faith, Alan Watts has one of the best analogies that I've ever heard. And I share it whenever possible, because it just makes so much sense sense to me. And he says it's similar to floating in the ocean, right? So if you're in the ocean and you get shipwrecked, you know, um, you don't just start flailing and fighting your way in the water because you're just going to start to sink. You simply roll over onto your back and you take a couple of deep breaths and then you just sit there and float and let go. Mm-hmm. And that for me <clears throat> has been uh, the story of my life because, um, you know, as soon as I stopped fighting everything, my life gotten infinitely better. You know, like I said, that surrender, which for men is really hard to, you know, in being in the men's space, I see it. And even with myself, it's hard to surrender because we're like, no, never give up. You know, that's weak. And it's like, well, you know, like there's a lot of things in my life that are way more powerful than me, you know, like they actually have come and take me against my will before, you know what I mean? When I didn't have a choice, they beat me into submission and threw me into the back of a car. So there's a lot of forces out there that are bigger and stronger than me. You know, it's just, am I willing to fully admit that? Um, But to specifically answer your question, yeah, it's all about what we're seeking. That's, That's the truth for me because, you know, the, the resourcefulness and perseverance that I had when I was living low level, it was inside of me. I had no job. I had no car, no job, you know, living on someone's couch. I didn't even have a bank account, but by four or five o'clock, I could find a, a happy hour and be there drinking with people. Like that's impressive. That is like, you know what I mean? Yeah. If I take that same level of perseverance, commitment, discipline, and straight up hunger and ambition to seek and get my goal, what I'm hungry for. And I put that into something positive, seeking God, seeking to be of service, seeking to achieve, seeking to accomplish, seeking to be fulfilled. Uh, you know, like it's going to happen because we always find what we're looking for. You know, when I was looking for a relationship, I found that. When I was looking for a book in the library, I found that. You know, it's just what am I looking for and shifting that direction and point of focus, right? And then um, the real big, the real big thing for me as well was, like I said, two months into my journey, um, had the birth of my son. And, you know, in that very moment, I think any shred of doubt 
that I ever had any, any disbelief that there was anything greater than me was instantly wiped away the moment that I saw my son, because in that moment, it was proven to me that I'm capable of unconditional love, which up until that point, I believed I was incapable of, right? And then it's like, when that is touched on you, that is placed upon you, um, you have a new set of glasses, man, and you see the world very, very differently. Um, And then you take it a step further and it's like, now I am responsible for doing the best job possible to, prepare this young human being, this human spirit to be put out into the world. He's his own person. He's his own spirit, but I'm going to be the guiding light for him. And I really don't want to be a POS anymore because of, right? Like that wasn't my experience that I got. So again, um, that those are the things that really helped me. And, and that's powerful place to be. Absolutely. I love the word that the well the story that you mentioned of floating in the ocean is a great example because I feel like so many people constantly try to control everything in their lives and it is like fighting up like you're swimming upstream you're fighting a current when you do that instead of just surrendering and letting go and being in the flow of life where it sounds like you've experienced this that when you're in the flow things become much easier because it's not like we have to have the answers tomorrow, we realize that everything is going to work out perfectly for us and for our highest good if we just learn how to trust and take the steps we're guided to take. Yeah, absolutely. And and I would say, you know, fast forward, right? Um, Just getting involved and becoming an ontological coach and, and doing that training. So, you know, you fast forward, I go from like I said, I started with that company serving tables, you know, you fast forward, um, by the time I got laid off last February, I was now overseeing productivity for all of the 189 restaurants making change, um, with, uh, you know, writing SOPs and traveling the country, implementing initiatives for a $600 million organization. And I started by riding the bus, reading my books, listening to Sade to quiet my mind enough to read because I was still crazy and going on the path and, and discovery, but always placing my spiritual growth first. Then I got into leadership growth. Then I got into, <clears throat> excuse me, into emotional intelligence. Then I discovered, you know, while leading teams and single unit operations in a restaurant, which, um, you know, that's that's high, high impact and high threshold that, you know, and doing therapy, learning how to be in a healthy, loving relationship, um, dealing with the wreckage of my past, and ultimately discovering that I had a passion, and I was really good at developing people and awakening them to the potential that they could manifest their own gifts. Um, So I went and got training. And that was another huge thing for me, because, you know, I invested $10,000 in my own development into me in the instant that I made that decision and I paid that money, my life changed again and transformed again because I proved to my subconscious mind 
that I'm worth this and I'm going after something that I believe in. And that training was absolutely magnificent um, with Julio Alayo, my, my trainer, his, his daughter, Veronica Love, both master coaches at Newfield Network, learning ontology, learning somatic dispositions, body language, and diving into emotional intelligence. And your favorite thing, learning about language and how generative words are. And man, I have been upset. Like I read the dictionary every day because I'm just obsessed with words. And because we, we think we know, but then you look it up and you're like, whoa, whoa, right? And one of my favorite words um, is grace. I love that word because when people ask me, hey man, how are you? How are you sober? How are you alive today? I say, God's grace. And God, you know, grace is defined as the unmerited divine intervention given to humans for their regeneration and sanctification. And um, unmerited means inadequately gained or deserved. So when I'm living now on borrowed time from my, all my past behaviors, when there's three of my best friends that are no longer here that were doing the same things I, I will, man, that's a powerful place to be because you have purpose, passion, and profit driving, you know? So again, discovering all that and the story of getting involved with the successful male is another one of those, we don't like the word, but coincidences, but we know there's no <laughs> such thing, right? Like right. It's, it's, you know, how does a Indian Australian man that lives in Melbourne, Australia, get hooked up with a Irish Italian American who lives in Tampa, Florida, and we meet at a, an event in Boca Raton, Florida, right? It's like, you know, and again, there's a whole other, we don't have enough time, whole other backstory of craziness of how everything worked out, but now we're close friends, business partners. He's a mentor of mine, incredible man. And we both have a passion for making you know, global change and men's development um, because it's so needed right now. Men are suffering. Like I said before, we're not putting up our hands saying, I don't have it all figured out and I need help. We just don't. Yeah. And that needs to change because again, you know, the second leading demographic of suicide in America is 35 to 44 year old men. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, you are definitely what you do is needed um, because even in just our society alone, men are taught that they should be strong and not to cry and they're supposed to have it all figured out and all together. And I think that that does such a detriment to young men because um, it tends to come out in other ways that are not so healthy. So like you said, the suicide rate being higher, I think that's definitely no coincidence there. Yep, and it, it, it's one of those things that, and, and I'm sure this will, will, will resonate with you as well. Um, I'm sure you see it in your work and everyone that you talk to. It's like, okay, I got good grades in school. That's what they asked me to do, got a diploma. Went to a good school, went to college. Maybe, hey, I even went into large amounts of debt to do that because that's what society and my parents are highly pressuring me to do. Yeah. 
and maybe I get a degree in something that I am passionate about, or maybe not, because that's what I'm supposed to do. I finish school, I get a job. Well, I told I'm going to be able to get a high paying job, but actually I end up in an entry level job because that's what you always have to do. But, you know, okay, then I work in the job for a while and, and I meet a girl and, you know, we hit it off and, you know, I, I, I don't really know too much about myself at all, really, but I'm in a trying to be the best I can in a healthy relationship. We have kids, we get a house. Uh, maybe, you know, we have some kids. Hey, maybe even I'm in a place where I get some toys. I have jet ski or boat, or, you know, maybe I, you know, get to go on some awesome vacations and have the car I want, the awesome house. And then, you know, I get around, um, around 40 and I'm looking around and I have everything that society said that if I had these things that I would be happy and I would be fulfilled and I feel totally empty and I feel betrayed because society told me this all my teachers told me this my parents told me all this stuff generation after generation this is what you're supposed to do and yet I feel so totally unfulfilled and I don't want to live anymore. And the reality is, is it's because I've never really asked myself the tough questions that I should be asking myself about what I really want, who I really am and what I really stand for, right? Like, Hey, what is my definition of success? That's the very first thing that we ask you in our, in our e-course program. What is your definition of success? Because Melissa, what your definition is, it could, is totally different than mine and totally different than this person and that person. It's so subjective, but if we don't clearly define it for our life, we're never going to, our energy is just going to be going everywhere and anything, right? Mm -hmm. You have to have that confidence, concentration that then creates focus that then enhances magnification of results. So then it's like, okay, after that, all right, I got definition of success. Okay, great. Well, you know, hey, what are my values? What are my top five values, right? That I live and stand for, right? What, it, what is that, right? Like, because I know mine are love, faith, integrity, money, legacy. And I can rattle them off like it's nobody's business because they're fully ingrained in my being. And then day after day in my nightly contemplation, I check my behavior to see if I'm in alignment with that, right? Basic, basic 13 virtues uh, practice that Benjamin Franklin created. You can look it up. It's a great practice to have to build character. Then you take it a step further. Okay, what's my purpose in life, right? Like I define mine. It's to grow and develop in the likeness of my creator and be a service to my fellow man. And I go out there every day. And sometimes I do great. Sometimes I'm not so great. I accept my own humanity, but again, that's it. You have to define it for yourself. All right, what are your passions? What would you do if money was no object? What are you naturally good at? What did you love doing as a kid? What do other people think you're great at that you may not recognize you're great at in yourself? And asking yourself these what questions, what, why, how, to go inside you to figure out what it is that you really want to do. Hey, Take a life diagnosis, all domains of your life. What's your level of satisfaction to one to 10 in all of those domains? Really be honest with yourself. And then look at yourself in the mirror and figure out where you're screwing it all up, you know? And look at yourself. Okay, then, hey, we got a good start, right? All right, well, 
now that we got through module one, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, but hey, people, they don't want to ask themselves those questions because it's not comfortable. Because for just, a, you know, for five minutes, I have to put down my damn phone. I got to turn off the TV, I have to turn off the music, and I need to just sit with myself and not distract myself. And you know what? I don't know how to do that. I don't. No one ever taught me. I had to teach myself how to do it, you know? And guess what? Until you start doing that, you're never really going to know yourself and what you want. Because if you sit quietly with yourself and no one else is around, whatever thoughts start to surface, that's who you really are. Mm -hmm. And until you start getting that right, how are you going to go make an impact on everybody else? You know, you can't transmit something you ain't got. I think so many people too don't realize how negative their mindset is or their thinking is or how critical they are of themselves until they take the time to sit alone. <laughs> it's the truth. It is the truth. And uh, that statement is proven by factual science, you know, and we can say that to your little troll on Facebook. <laughs> that is science. That. <laughs> Eight, you know, we have 90% of our thoughts are the same thoughts and between 50 to 70% of them are negative, yeah. right? So you have 90% of the same thoughts and then 50 to 70% of those are the same negative thoughts, you know, and I love what Les Brown says. He goes, in order to, to, to grow a beautiful bed of roses, you have to water it and fertilize it and take great care. He's like, man, I'll be walking down the sidewalk and there's a damn weed growing up right between the sidewalk cracks. Our mind is the same way. The subconscious mind is exactly the same way. And then it's like a hard drive. So you have to be careful of the files you're downloading. And you also need to delete some and then download some good ones, right? And, you know, that's why the second module in our program is understanding our beliefs. Because we have to know so much how we talk to ourselves and one of the biggest breakthroughs I had in that ontology course from my own because I got a, a, a high level um, ontological master coach that coached me too right during that and the, the biggest aha moment was no one on the planet has ever treated me worse than I have in my own mind ever Right. And that taught me two things. Number one, I need to start being really, really careful how I talk to myself and maybe treat myself like I would a dear friend. That's number one. Number two, there's nothing that no one ever can say or do to me in the world that I haven't already done that's worse to myself. So it renders them powerless over me. And then I can walk around with this awesome spiritual armor on because you can't do anything to me that I haven't already done worse. Right. Cause I told you I lived real low integrity. Yeah. So again, like that's a very powerful place to be. Right. And at that point I was, I was already nine and a half years into my journey, wow. you know? So it's yeah. like, there's a long time there, you know, and I also have other tools and, and, um, you know, and other practices in place to dispute the self-talk. Um, and, you know, the thing that I tell people as well is if it's getting too out of hand, 
and you can't dispute, you know, the bashing you're giving yourself, you just need to pick up the phone and call a trusted friend and let them know what's going on. Cause we're only as sick as our secrets, you know, and the instant that I reach out and afford someone, um, that part of the relationship, um, to let them love me, I get relief, right? It's like, how, how good do you feel, Melissa, whenever someone calls you for advice or they need you to, you know, need them to lean on you and, and ask for, you know, some deep conversation. Don't you feel just full of gratitude? I must, cause that's what I do for a living. So. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's like, and then, and, and, and we all get, we all get that, right? Like I, someone calls me and, and they're sharing deeply with me the, the BS they have going on and they're hurt or they're grieving or whatever. And I feel so grateful. I feel um, so much a, a place of love to be able to show up for them. And I'm not judging them yeah. and yet when it comes time for me to lean on someone else, my mind tells me what they're going to judge me. They're going to think less of me. I can't do that. And it's like, Hey, you know what? I need to stop being so arrogant and I need to allow others in my life this, the two-way street of a healthy relationship and let them love me, allow them the space to love me, right? I, I heard a really awesome thing one time that really stuck with me is that someone said, if you're not allowing yourself to receive from others, you're denying that person their opportunity to be of service. Boom. Yeah. And you would never do that. You know, if someone said, hey, I really need to, I need a boost. So I want to go help people. Would you be like, no? <laughs> no, you, if it wasn't you, you'd be like, oh, yeah, that's awesome. Thank you for, you know, that's a great thing. Thanks for doing that. But because you're the person who's not used to receiving, we want to say, oh, no, 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 downplay it. No, 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 you don't have to do that but you're actually robbing the person of their ability to give back. Yep. And I'm not, I'm not showing up in a space of integrity of my own humanity. Yes. Right. Because yeah. I'm perfectly imperfect. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, you're so right. It's just one of those things, but again, I, then it comes back to, well, what will I choose, right? And will I choose to live in fear or will I choose to live in love? And if I'm choosing to live in love, which is all of my choice, I can choose either one, then I will pick up the phone and I will let someone love me. And guess what? One of my favorite sayings is it's okay to not be okay. Yeah. You know, but again, a lot of the times, it's still Melissa, I'll pick up the phone. And again, I'm, I'm living in high vibrations, fully connected, all the time, always. I, I, over the last 11 years, I probably have eight to 10 bad day, rough days a year, a year, right? Cause I'm just always in tune. But again, on those days, like I'll pick up the phone and let people know, like, I'm not feeling it today, you know, and maybe I lash out in anger or maybe I will do whatever. Right. But again, there's been times that I've done that and then people overreact and they think that something is like profoundly wrong with me, or I'm going to, you know, go jump off a cliff, or we need to make adjustments in our business or this or that. And I'm like, look, hey, remember when we were talking about the fact that like, we need to have a space for us to reach out and connect on a deeper level. 
and me be honest with you about what's going on and where I'm at, you asked me how my day was going. Should I then just act like everything is okay? Because I can't do that. And if you want me to do that, then maybe we should reassess what our friendship is like. Because I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to say, yeah, I'm fine. Well, we all know what fine means. Right. You know? Right. So again, like, do you want me to show up in full integrity or not? Should I be one of the ones that I, that you call, you know, oh yeah, no, no, I'm not saying, all right, well, like, then let's have a real ass conversation where like, it's okay for my, me not to be okay. Like, I don't always have to be your savior. You know, you can be mine too. Like, it's okay for you to be the hero in our relationship as well for today, yeah. you know? So, and, and I mean, that's just kind of the next level of relationships, right. And, and understanding that, but again, um, it took a long time to get to that place where I, even expelling, right, the, 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 the negativity and the, and the unsatisfactory the feeling, the discontentment to others, to where I can sit in that space and still feel okay and still feel confident in myself, you know? Um, but I think a lot of that just has to do with Western culture in general and being trapped in this space of always knowing I know everything because yeah. um, we're graded on our answers and not on our questions, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think that that is probably, that goes along with that whole control thing for a lot of people. They feel like they have to know what's gonna happen. And I'm just as guilty of it sometimes too, and I have to check myself. But we feel like, oh, well, I know that my goal is I want to change careers, but I have to know exactly how I'm going to do it and how it's all going to line up and how am I going to pay for this and that when it happens. And to that, I always tell people, you don't have to be seven steps ahead. Sometimes all we know is the first step. And sometimes that's the only thing that needs to be illuminated right now because the rest of it would be distracting to us. And we'd quit before we even started if we saw the other steps. So sometimes we just have to look one step ahead and I feel like um, I know that's something that they always teach too for people who have gone through addictions and, and those different kinds of problems is that you have to don't try to eat the whole elephant, right? When they say like one bite at a time. And it's the same thing, you know, in life in general, we overwhelm ourselves. Usually we're the cause of our own private mental health because of thinking we have to know everything. So I really like that you keep bringing that up that you don't have to have all of the answers and you don't have to be okay every single day either. It's a process. Yeah, absolutely. I think over in the East, they say um, the path to enlightenment is unknowing. Yeah. Well, that's kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For me, my whole journey has been unlearning. It's unlearning everything that I thought I already knew, but was not the correct path. So that's been, that's a, a weird thing for some people too, but it's, it is unlearning. It's all about unlearning what we thought we knew. It's the truth. It's unraveling all those self-limiting beliefs that have served me for so long for survival, but are no longer serving me for living in abundance. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. And tell me a little bit about this program. I know that you have the success blueprint. Yes. What is that exactly? Tell me a little bit about that. Sure. 
Um, so that is our, um, and we have this for both men and women, um, but this is a uh, multi-dimensional um, transformational e-course. And it has 27 modules um, of, of holistic success. So like I said before, you know, you start with define your success, right? Just very basic understanding your beliefs, you know, you get into understanding the power of the mind. And, you know, you, then we have modules like uh, money mindset, wealth creation fundamentals, um, mastering effective communication so that you can build strong, healthy relationships um, at home and in the workplace. Um, you know, we have uh, stuff uh, even that you would probably just absolutely love, like exploring your energy signature, um, learning and understanding your zone of genius, um, tapping into the divine nature of your own being, um, all the way to um, in the men's space, you know, uh, understanding what your style and fashion is so that you can, you know, show up and, and, and make a good first impression, right? Um, we're not all Steve Jobs that can, you know, show up with a tucked in t-shirt to the jeans with no belt and new balances on, you know, it's just, um, so again, and, you know, we, we talk about how to become a, a, a successful leader and how to use influence positively, you know, not just an IG influencer, but leveraging the power of influence to, you know, um, make it an impact, um, you know, and then we go into goal setting. We have an awesome goal setting uh, system where you learn and understand the power of the reticular activating system within your, you know, uh, within your mind and your subconscious mind. And then you get into, uh, you know, all sorts of stuff about, hey, how do I make a difference in the world? You know, how do I truly understand, um, you know, who I am, what I want, and it covers everything that you could possibly want um, in terms of relationships, career and business fundamentals, uh, to money mindset and wealth creation, which we believe is a big missing piece, right? There's a lot of, a lot of uh, disruption around how money plays a role, right? But you and I both know it's just energy and it takes on the energy of whoever's holding it. So if you're an intrinsically good person, it's only going to magnify what's already there. So like if you're given money or power or sex, like, and you, you all of a sudden are a bad person, it's just simply magnifying you're already corrupt before. And conversely, it's the same if you're a good person, right? So right. Um, there's a lot of good things you can do with money and hey, 90% of uh, millionaires in America in 2018 were first generation rich. So it's available to you today. Um, again, if you just deal with your money beliefs. And then, you know, lastly, the big thing is, is taking all of that information that you learn about yourself and who you are and, you know, what your place in the world and, and where you want to go. And then you get out there and you make a difference, right? And that impact, which you and I both believe and know is just that juice, the fulfillment that you get, you know? Yeah. And we do all that with a coach or a mentor because uh, most people are not great at doing something that powerful and profound all by themselves. They right, need, right. You need you some know. accountability there and someone to mentor you as you go through it. Yeah. So again, it's, and it's, it's, um, it's much needed in the world right now. Um, I always tell people that, uh, 
you know, the world isn't going the way it is because there's all sorts of women in power. So we might want to start developing our men. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No offense to men or anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love that. So if anybody wants to work with you, so if they would want to check out the, uh, the success blueprint or just follow you on social media, how can they do that? Yeah, awesome. Joseph Deroma on all platforms, Facebook, um, Instagram, LinkedIn is where I'm, I'm, I have a presence on all those. If uh, you're shy and just want to email me or whatever, it's Joseph Deroma at thesuccessfulmail.com. And um, our website is um, also thesuccessfulmail.com. So Okay, awesome. And I'm going to have those links in the show notes too. So if you're driving or something and you're like, oh, I didn't get that, you can go and click on it directly after you get to a safe place where you're not trying to text and drive and stuff at the same time. We don't want to do that. So I want to thank you for being here with me today. Um, your story is quite amazing. And I love when people take what they've learned and they turn around and try to use it to better the world and to teach others. So I applaud you for doing that. And if you had one piece of advice that you could give our listeners today to take with them, what might that be? Mm, good question. Um, the, the, the advice that I'm riding with for this year is, um, cause I know we were joking before about I'm doing a lot yeah. <laughs> is, um, you have to say no to everything that doesn't align with the vision for your life. Um, there's way too much people pleasing going on. There's way too much, um, you know, not showing up for ourselves and in integrity. Um, so it's just, just say no and live in that dignity and freedom that, that no is a, is a, is a complete sentence and that it's okay. And, and, you're just moving forward in your own in your own vision for what your life and how you want. Awesome. Excellent piece of advice for sure. For sure. And one that I know a lot of people out there have a difficult time with. But as you said, no is a complete sentence and putting yourself first is absolutely important and necessary. Thank you so much for being here with us. This is such a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. And I want to thank all of you for being here with us today. As always, if you like this podcast, please subscribe. Please leave a review from wherever you're listening. The highest compliment you can pay me is to share this podcast with others. Also, you can follow me on social media. All of my links to my social media channels are in the show notes. I go live Mondays at, on Facebook at 630 Central, where I do a free card reading. If you show up for the live, I'll pull a card just for you. Also, I post videos to Instagram and there are free guided meditations on my YouTube channel. So go check all of that out. If you want to work with me, you can go to my website, melissaoatman.com. There you'll see all the services I offer and how you can work with me. You can purchase them directly from my website. And when you're ready to schedule, simply contact me. I hope that you guys have a beautiful day from wherever you're listening. As always, I am sending you so much love and light and I will talk to you soon. Bye guys.